Sweaty sack summer is approaching and it's time for you to prioritize the comfort of your crotch. That's why the kings of crotch comfort, Manscaped, has spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. We've had the honor of testing out these brand new boxers and we can say it's the softest fabric of any underwear. They're so breathable that it's like gills for your groin and they even trademarked the jewel pouch so you know it's serious. We think it's time you invest in your family jewels. So let your bulge breathe and get 20% off plus free shipping by using promo code FRATCHAT at manscaped.com. And we are recording... Right now? uh, Right this second. And you will notice that I'm now holding both of my hands and doing all these wacky movements that I couldn't do before when I have to have a mic that would make all this noise. How am I doing it, you ask? I have Julie holding the mic right now. uh, (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, You switch hands if you get tired, but just don't get it in front of my face because the camera is running. And uh, this is my moneymaker now. So please, uh, come on. And listen, listeners, I don't... I don't want you guys to think that he is an asshole. No, he feeds her twice a day, and if she's really good, yes. he lets her out of her cage, and she yes. gets to run around the backyard without her yes. shock collar. Yes, absolutely. And note, like, I've increased her runaround time from 15 to 20 minutes this week because I'm feeling okay. really nice. So, you know, I'd say things are pretty good around here. Just saying. I said, don't block my face. Fuck. <sighs> Fuck, Julie. All right. This, Things are pretty good here too. Right. I'm not wearing pants right now. Hey! Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna do this in three, two, one. What are you doing? Testies in my mouth. Get on the ground, you fucking pledge. Ew. Welcome. The greatest podcast experience of your life. This is the Frat Chat Podcast. All young men like three things. Featuring Carlos Garcia and Chris Moore. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the greatest podcast in the history of podcasting time. It's the Franchise Podcast. How's it going, Mr. Mo? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wow. kidding. What's up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to go ahead and welcome everyone to a very special Franchise Podcast episode. As you can see from the very special beginning that Simo yeah. just gave it here. Because uh, this past few days, we lost a very special man, very special guy in my life. Uh, we call him the big chief, the big kahuna, the big guy. Actually, we're going to call him any of those things. But he is my dad, and he was very fucking special to me, guys. And I miss him. I'm not going to lie. I miss him a lot. So I figured, uh, what better way to honor him to have a whole damn episode to talk about him? Because he was a great guy. He was a funny guy. He was on radio. He had his own podcast. For God's sakes, he was fighting cancer and recording a podcast because he was that badass. So I figured... This will be a great time, fantastic time, a joyous time, and I promise we'll try not to break down crying, but uh, I can't promise, actually. I don't know. Well, I I can promise that if you do break down and cry, I will not make fun of you to your face. Yes, um, that's great. 
Well, I'm so excited for this because I I've never had the pleasure of meeting your dad, but it's only he's he's always just been a legend to me. So yeah. so I'm excited to hear about this. And uh, you never will now. Not just kidding. <laughs> but he is great. Never say a, never. I could, yeah, I could right? walk out into the street and get hit by a bus right now. And I just that's, might to meet the big guy. The big kahuna. The, the big true. man on campus. The, <laughs> <laughs> they call him the lunch lady. What? They call him the lunch lady. <laughs> sloppy Joe. Sloppy, sloppy Joe. <laughs> And he went away on a Friday because I just feel like he knew uh, that he wanted to get to heaven. And on a weekend, you know what I mean, when all the fun starts, uh, he probably got to catch a little Frank Sinatra uh, that there in heaven. And now it's time to honor him. So we're going to tell some stories, man. We're going to tell some stories about my time with my dad. Some of these are from when I was an itty-bitty, little-bitty Carlos Garcia to uh, itty bitty, kind of large Carlos Garcia, but you know, still but like. Were you ever really itty bitty? Yeah, I was just saying, I was, I was, you know, I was kind of. Let's was just say like, robust. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I like that word, robust. That was actually my SAT word of the day today, so boom, cross that off. Uh, and then on to uh, later on in life, where some of these stories didn't even involve me at all, but are just pretty damn cool. So. Ladies and gentlemen, that being said, it's time to honor Guillermo Enrique Garcia Machado Carajo, the greatest man. Wait, 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 wait. that's his whole name? Well, not the Carajo. The Carajo is just me uh, adding an expletive because I'm awesome and he's awesome. You know what I mean? And I got excited and kind of carried away. But his name is Guillermo Enrique Garcia Machado. It's pretty badass. Four names. Four names. Four names. I got eight of them though, so it's like technically. Oh my uh, god! I got lots of names. Now, um, yeah. uh, how cool is it that he was able to stick it out until you had your uh, national television debut? Yeah, he was awesome in it. By the way, he stole the goddamn show to the point where the host literally quoted him later in the episode and his super famous quote: oh, "Julie, Julie, 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 Julie," which I loved. Uh, he was so damn charismatic. And you know, the funny thing is at the time when he was recording, he was like, yeah, I don't think they really use me that much. Like I, I probably will not even be on the show that much. And he ended up being in it a fuck time. Yeah. He stole my screen time. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> See, what was the cl- it's like, I'm glad you're gone. You son of a bitch. Meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> my mom who actually filmed a bunch more stuff, literally like most of her stuff got cut too. So <laughs> I think everybody's looking at him like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but it was amazing. Get, to, get amazing. to keep this footage. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. Well, not, not, for sure most for people sure. can't say that. They have like an MTV show with their entire for family. Sure. And the last shot that you see my dad in the TV show, it's the end of the show. It's him getting sunshine out of the car to Aww. meet Julie. And it is the sweetest. Like, I remember when I first saw it, man, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was so happy watching the TV show that I just started bawling like a baby immediately. And it was just like, that was like the last real shot of them that I have. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It's a beautiful shot, though. And there was some awesome background music that MTV totally mm-hmm. licensed for the moment, which, you know, I couldn't afford a license for the moment. So it kind of worked out for as well that uh, it was on national television. But it was beautiful, man. And, uh, you know, that's, that's how I'll always remember them, which is nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, before the crying starts, before story number one, 
Let's take you back in time. Let's get in a little time machine, which I was able to get uh, the keys from Timmy uh, because, you know, he totally walked out. I forgot to ask him for him. It turns out that, you know, he's pretty easy to find. He's actually just been standing outside the building the whole time since we let him go. He just he just stands out there and collects change. And he's actually thriving. Apparently, he makes, like, a lot more money than he did working for us because we didn't pay him at all. You know what I mean? So he's actually, like, kind of, like, built himself a little shanty town out there. And he's doing quite well. Like, he has, like, a whole, like, little village of uh, people that work for him now. And he's kind of, like, mayor of the shanty town. And it's, like... Got a pretty good economy. Going You're being really know. diplomatic. Listeners, he lives in a tent on the corner. <laughs> and his friends also live in tents. But since his tent's the biggest, he's mayor. He, I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's a pretty good way to go about it. I mean, if yours is bigger, you win. Bigger That's, isn't always you know? better. Trust me. Sometimes it'll fuck your <laughs> week up. That's Hence true. my opening... <laughs> 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 that was not a sound effect, ladies and gentlemen. That was just that's just Simo's sadness. Anyways, this first story is called Papa Says Knock You Out. And this is a story <laughs> that reminds me that love is indeed pain, you guys. Because this happened when I was a young little chubby baby Carlos Garcia. And I was always a prankster, you guys. Or, you know, I was kind of a little fucker. And making people laugh was something I love to do. So I guess you could say I was rooting for the big time at a young age. You know what I mean? You could edit that in to the TV show on TV. I know. I don't know how much you have to pay those guys for just go in because that's a cool quote. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, write that down. Uh, so anyways, I was perfecting the hardest trick in comedy uh, for any young uh, child at the time, or really any living child or any living person at the time, I was hiding behind stuff and then jumping out of people when they yes. walk by and going, boo! And scared <laughs> shit out of them. You know what I mean? Only legends have been able to pull that trick off. It's pretty fucking crazy stuff, you know? <laughs> so I was feeling pretty good about my success rate. You know, I tried it on teachers and it worked. See, yeah, she knows. She knows I'm, I'm talking about. Yeah, my, my roommate's giggling. <laughs> I, um, uh, is, is, is giggling? That is not a giggle. Giggling is like, <laughs> that is like, I killed Snow White and now I'm cackling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this this jumping out technique um, is funny because I believe that my grandma passed away because some Mexican jumped out and scared her and she had a heart attack. <laughs> I don't know. See, I don't know that that guy uh, jumped out as much as he just worked at the Safeway, uh, you know, (laughs) and and he was just like telling her to calm down. He's like, ah, (laughs) I was was implying you, stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I told you I worked there. I was just trying to bag her fucking groceries. Okay. That's all I was trying to do. She's just not stuff forget. I'm better swelling too. I don't know why she's going Mexican, but I just went along with it to calm her down. I know. So anyways, <laughs> but that shit worked. Jumping out and booing people worked at everybody. It worked on teachers. It worked to my brother. It worked to my grandma. It worked to my mom. By the way, rest in peace, grandma. Uh, and that's what I decided to try it on the man. And let me tell you, I was nervous. I'm not going to lie. My palms were sweaty. Knees weak. Arms were heavy. There's vomiting <laughs> on my sweater already. Three Big Macs and a Happy Meal because I was really hungry and shit before. <laughs> and that's when my dad that. walked by. <laughs> <laughs> that's when my dad walked by. And I went in to make my move to the Comedy Hall of Fame. 
And I jumped out. And I go, boom! And then my dad reacted. Ah! But it almost seemed in slow-mo. Along with that, ah! Came something else. A very painful something else, as a matter of fact. A right fist that connected directly into my mouth. <laughs> Dude, I went down like, you know, Apollo Creed or Rocky Four when he dies. Like that oh was my like God. me. It was awful. And on top of it, I had a loose tooth. So he hit me directly on it and it went like flying. And I started like gushing blood and crying like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure just made it even worse because then he was like, come on, what are you crying? In that moment, I'm not going to lie, it taught me a very valuable lesson. Uh, don't sneak up on someone who's crazy because you never know what they're going to do. And uh, for the record, I didn't kill my grandma with my epic showmanship. I just wired her pretty bad. She's fine. <laughs> uh, as long as you don't count the broken hip. you know. But anyways. So were you, were you like, Mom, Dad punched the shit out of me. And your dad was like, no, just your teeth. I just punched the teeth out of you. Your shit's intact. Loving Dad. <laughs> Oh, good time. Honestly, I did deserve it. Uh, you just, you don't necessarily want to jump out at someone. You don't know what the fuck they're going to do. And I learned what he was going to do that day. So I, I definitely did not do that again. Uh, I learned my lesson. Would you, <laughs> would you say lesson. that maybe you just have a punchable face? Yeah, I, I kind of, I think so. At least uh, I borderline deserved it. But if you look back at my pictures back then, you know, my pretty sure my mom tried to cut my hair. It just looked awful. Uh, yeah. Kind of, do you, do you yeah. think that maybe your face resembled a pinata? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he definitely, let's just say he knocked the shit out of it, but I wish candy came out. It was just blood and teeth, you know? <laughs> Did you ever stop and think that maybe, just maybe, your father simply just wanted to smack the fuck out of you? I just used it as an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> I did wonder because the reaction, you know, maybe it wasn't slow-mo. Maybe he did just wait like five seconds and then he just punched me. I thought it was just slow-mo. Uh, but no, man, maybe, maybe. Maybe it was just concussion talking. <laughs> you know, I think, I think that you spent so much time in the fridge as a kid that you just needed to feel alive. <laughs> were, were you that family that had a separate freezer growing up? Oh, no, well... I will say we did have a separate freezer, but <laughs> yeah, you looked like it. <laughs> I, remember, I, I remember I used to break in and like steal quote unquote one spoonful of ice cream, but then I would break in like 17 times and I had 17 goddamn spoonfuls between breakfast and lunch. And then my mom would fucking open the ice cream at dinner time, be like, who the fuck? And then I look at me, <laughs> my, my fat ass sitting in the corner. <laughs> no, it wasn't me, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> with with lips, li, with uh, like lip, like okay, that nice lipstick. <laughs> I swear, why does everybody blame me all the time? There's like a, there's like a rapper stuck to me. <laughs> now, 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 your dad's always been in radio, right? Uh, yeah, for the last 15 years, and I'll get to how he got there. That's actually well. Maybe he felt like, you know, all publicity is good publicity. And maybe your dad (laughs) thought if it worked for Chris Brown, maybe it'll work for him. That's true. That's actually uh, Chris, Chris Brown got on the charts. Yeah, that's true. Chris Brown actually was watching that and was like, wow, if that guy could do it. So can I. Oh, maybe your dad was a trendsetter. (laughs) Did you have, did you have Nintendo growing up? 
Oh yeah, baby. Do you think for shit. a brief second your dad thought you were Wario? Surprise! And I did have a very weird mustache for some reason as a child. It's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you probably oh, got that boy. from my grandma. Yeah. Ooh, yeah just kidding. <laughs> That's not nice. I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> Before we continue the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. A lot of people face pressures to change themselves to fit other people's expectations, and the more freeing solution is to find things that work for you. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique, and what works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible and focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work toward goals at a pace that's comfortable for you. Noom Weight makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons to help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habit. 75% of Noom Weight users finish the program, and more than 60% of users that engaged with their program kept the weights off for a year or more. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash believe. Again, that's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash believe. B-L-E-A-V. Anyways, on to this next story. Yeah. This one I like to call, My Dad Gets the Eye of the Tiger, Brother. Because this story takes me back to a very special time. I think I was like six years old. I looked like a little bean burrito at the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, a robust burrito. <laughs> like if you like need a bean burrito that you brought to like catering to your entire family. And it was like, oh, my God, we're full. We really need leftovers. You just got to keep eating it for like six days. And you still have leftovers. Yeah, that was that. Anyways. <laughs> 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 my dad came to my school for a special little fun day. And that was the end of year relay races for the swim team at my school. And I was so young that I actually in don't America? think I was on the team yet. No, this was in Venezuela. This was uh, oh, back in Mexico. Florida. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we came with my sombreros instead of swim caps. It was like really hard to swim in. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we. That's how we jumped in the pool. Actually, then you shoot a gun. They just they just did that. <laughs> you have to, have to wait until the guy did the ad to jump in, which was very confusing. So it led to a lot of DQs. It was the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so my dad comes to the end of year relay races with the swim team at my school. Like I said, I was so young that I don't think I was on the team yet, but my brother definitely was. And at that event, at the end of the whole thing, there was a little race that I know my dad had been looking forward to since the second he heard of it. The last event of the day, father and son relay races. And basically, you get put in, it's you, it's a father and son, and it's like four different father and sons are a team, and then there's like four or five different lanes. So it's like 20 people in this fucking thing. Well, let me tell oh, you, he was goddamn pumped. 
He's ready to rock with my brother. And you could tell them, I mean, you would, you would have told me that they were swimming in the fucking Olympics. He was that pumped. The only problem is that my dad was severely overweight at this time. Now, he was stocky as shit, but he looked like he looked like a Venezuelan butterbean. You know what I mean? Have you seen that guy that boxed? <laughs> that's that what my dad looked like during those years. And if anyone knows beans. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they, they, they sponsored every race. Again, they're very involved in the press. <laughs> Thank you, Goya. <laughs> we, we love you here at the Front Channel Podcast. <laughs> now, like I said, he's stocky as shit. He looks like a Venezuelan butterbean. Very diesel, but super heavy as shit. So, sorry, Dad. I feel like it's safe to say at this point that no one expected shit of him. For that, and face him. Not at all, because he was a swimmer growing up. And all these years, and he knew what the fuck he was doing. And he was ready. He was there to kick a little ass and have a good time with this kid as a result. You know, and during the race, it looked like it was just going to be, you know, a little blower. You know, he was just going to have to have some fun because the duos that went before my dad and brother, some of them were really bad swimmers. So by the time my dad was going to jump in the pool, he was already going to be like maybe like a third of a length of the pool behind the winning team. However, right before it's his turn to jump in, I remember uh, him telling me, that some kid's dad, who was the guy that was about to jump in the pool and the winning team, uh, sarcastically wished him good luck. And it was like, well, you know, like uh, uh, last place is still good or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) This doesn't count for anything. At least you tried. Yeah, yeah, some bullshit like that. And he was like wearing like a fucking little Speedo and stuff and trying really hard. Meanwhile, like my dad was like in fucking swim trunks, you know what I mean? Like, so – uh, I remember my dad just told me he got so fucking mad, you know, and it was just like in the words of Rocky Balboa when he gets knocked down, he gets up and he's like, hey, yo, I didn't hear no bell. And they start swinging again. He <laughs> fucking jumped into that pool, dude, and he became goddamn superhuman. Like he was so revved up. You could literally see like water going everywhere, like a fucking great work shark jumping out to catch a seal in the middle of the fucking ocean. It was awesome, man. And my dad not only caught up to the guy, but he literally totally beat the fucking guy. And he touched him out at the last second. And the crowd started going fucking nuts, dude. It was literally the greatest thing I have ever seen in my life. And he was exhausted after. Like, I remember he got out of the pool. Yeah, like, he laid on his back like that, like a starfish looking up through the fucking sky. And you could see his belly going up and down, like struggling to fucking breathe. Maybe Put the belly made him more buoyant. Yeah, right? <laughs> Maybe. But he was a fucking tank, dude. And the smile on his face live on forever for me because he was the absolute man at that time and he knew it and the whole fucking show was on him so that taught me two lessons in my life it's okay uh, to be fat yes no, well, that might be three lessons actually That's oh sorry okay. <laughs> <laughs> number one it's never over until it's over brother look and bring that shit because you never know you can come from behind and win it all. I think oh, it was, um, yeah. it's never over till the fat lady sings. That's what the Simpsons That's said. That's true. 
That's true. So you do need fat people in the equation, just so you know, yes. Simo. So maybe stop being so insensitive. Could you just sing some Britney fat lady, please? I prefer some Britney Spears in the occasion. I'm just not in the mood for that. But anyways, number two, never judge a book by its cover. Unless the cover has a T-Rex on it. That's usually pretty cool. In this yeah. case, my dad was a fucking T-Rex that day. I just didn't know it. You know what I mean? I just had no idea. I was kind of like a T-Rex who kind of let himself go a little bit. And I was like, what kind <laughs> of dinosaur are you? I just couldn't quite identify it. You know what I mean? It was, it was a T-Rex that was thriving. <laughs> so, T-Rex with the meat sweats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember he would get the meat sweats and I had no idea what the fuck it was. And I just looked <laughs> like... Oh, it's just normal in a sweat while you eat. So when I would do it, I was like proud of it. It's like, no, it's called heart disease, son. <laughs> <laughs> Lose some weight. <laughs> you know me, Mr. Mo. I'm a man that demands perfection. And perfection doesn't just stop at the waist. Oh, no, no, no. My balls demand it too. Which is why I've been all over the all-new Manscaped Boxers. My boys are in heaven, Mr. Mo. Heaven! Let's say you're on a date and your partner catches that Manscaped's on the waistband of your underwear. It's almost guaranteed to raise some eyebrows and act like a billboard on the highway to Pleasure Town. Oh, yeah. And this is thanks to their Lawnmower 4.0, the best electric trimmer for below-the-waist grooming. This trimmer offers skin-safe technology designed to trim hair on loose skin. Outside of just ball trimming, they're now focusing their efforts on helping out your thigh slappers and other ways with the game-changing boxers. These boxers features include the Jewel Pouch, a pouch designed to cradle your boys in their own special space, lined with perforated performance fabric to keep them well ventilated. Basically, just imagine your balls sitting back with your feet up, sipping some pina coladas, you know, chilling on a hammock and some tropical beach. What a day. The micromodal fabric is buttery soft and breathable, keeping your cucumber cool. Walk, run, hell, strut. These moisture-wicking boxes breathe without breaking a sweat. And the tactless waistbands hugs your body without digging in, and it lays flat against your skin to reduce chafing. The front fly opening gives easy access and makes bathroom breaks quick and efficient. And you can choose from arrangements of designs and colors and sizes, ranging from small to triple XL, for all my guys out there. So make sure you get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FRATCHAT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FRATCHAT at manscaped.com. Once the Boxers 2.0 touch your sack... You'll never go back. <laughs> so, uh, the, did he interact with what was the other guy's name? Can we just can we just call him Tim? Did he interact with Tim? Was was he like, sorry, Tim, can't compete with my web toes, buddy. Oh, there, like <laughs> next time, you know. I think it was one of those like uh, you know like '90s TV moments where like the guy tries to say something and then my dad just kind of gives him a nod and walks off, walks off, you know, with his wife and like everybody cheering him on. But I don't remember if the guy tried to say anything. I'm pretty sure he's probably a sore loser about it because those people usually were. So fuck that guy because I don't remember anything else after that because you suck. Yeah. <laughs> Your dad's like, man, I even went out and got a special Speedo and everything. Wow, that must be really embarrassing to lose in front of your kid like that. Oh, geez, Louise. Yeah, right. Better luck like, next time. Oh my God. Uh, if, if losing is already bad enough, that banana hammock you brought to the pool, definitely. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> your, your dad was like, one thing's for sure, Tim. That package in there certainly wasn't weighing you down. <laughs> and don't blame it on the cold water because it was that size before you got it. <laughs> yeah. Lose your dick in the pool, Tim? Wow. It became an any. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> on to the next story. This Nuevo next one. Trace is Venezuelan for three. <laughs> yes, Venezuelan for three. Not Spanish. We have our own. It's better. Correct. Fuck you, Spanish. Because we won the war, Spain. So it's called Venezuelan now. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Anyways, number three is called My Dad versus the Venezuelan education system. And for this next story, I'm going to fast forward you guys around to, uh, I think it was like second or third grade. And I can't remember if it was second grade or third grade. And if it was second grade, it was probably to tell my teacher to fuck off because I hated that lady. If it was third grade, it was to tell my teacher she was awesome because that lady was awesome. But anyways. You don't remember because you drank a lot. Yes, uh, drank a lot of chocolate yeah. milk, as Bragg's Day would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know. I don't remember a lot of things from those days. Anyways, uh, my dad comes to the PTA meeting and, you know, he's going to go talk to my teachers about how good my brother and I did at school and how awesome and totally not fat I was. You know, just like totally <sighs> not fat at all. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> now, living in Venezuela at the time, my dad was always packing heat. You know, you just had to. You always had a gun in Venezuela because things were just too dangerous at the time, but even more dangerous now. So I would definitely have a gun if I lived there now. Not going to lie. It's not like America where people are like, I need a gun to just go shopping at Walmart. There, it's like real danger. You know, they called the murder capital of the world for a while, motherfuckers. So we need that shit. Caracas? Caracas, Venezuela, baby. And in Caracas. Fact, my dad needed his gun, so but he needed to look stylish, so he bought a man purse. Uh, total Merce, just so you could put his uh, 45 in it because it's just a fucking gun like that big. <laughs> However, this day he decided to leave it at home because in his own words, he was like, I'm going to your school. I never imagined that I would need it. Dun, dun, dun. So, dun, dun, dun. Wait till you move <laughs> to America. Yeah, right. And in, in America, Yikes. I should have had it at school. It definitely would have. <laughs> <laughs> we should have sent it home with our lunches. Like, here you go. Take your pick, kids. <laughs> I'll take the sod off, Dad. Good choice, son. Good choice, son. <laughs> now, the PTA meeting goes well, and my dad was leaving the school with lots of evidence pointing to how awesome and, again, totally not fat I was. However, Okay. (laughs) When he walked out of the school and spotted his car at the top of this hill that people used to like park outside of the school, uh, he noticed something very peculiar about it. It was fucking rocking, man. Like, well, in America, the old phrase is when the car goes a rocking, don't go a knocking. It's there for a reason. People like to fuck. Venezuela can only mean one thing that your fucking car is getting stolen, man. And that is just something that my dad cannot stand by and watch. Now, I will say he was a boxer and he was a judoku. I believe that's what it's called. But you do judo. judoku? 
Yeah, when you do judo. Wait, isn't judoku when you when you um play with the numbers on the grid? No, that is sudoku, and I knew exactly oh. that you were gonna go there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, great. Hey, my dad's really good at puzzles, so you guys gotta watch out. <laughs> oh my god, he's gonna numbers run. <laughs> <laughs> so he fucking was ready to kick some ass. Uh, the only problem, again, like my last story, that he was severely overweight, man. <laughs> this is a few years after the fact. And I think the last time he had exercised was the last story that I told. Uh, that had been years at this point. So he runs up to the car and opens the door. When he sees this guy with a saw trying to saw the safety lock of the car, like basically cars in the 90s and before that had this like thing where you could put it on the shift and it was like basically like a horseshoe and you would stick we call it, it in. the claw. The claw, yeah. So he had, you know, the guy was trying to saw the claw off so that he could shift uh, the fucking uh, the shifter and put it on drive and get the car out of there. Now, my dad literally pulls him out and begins whooping his ass. He's fucking nice. punching him and shit. Now, the problem is that a second guy was there and starts fucking hitting my dad. So then my dad has to fight these two dudes at the same time. And now again, he's severely overweight. So he's yeah, up. He had a lot of practice beating the teeth out your mouth so he That's was true. ready That's true. <laughs> he was like damn i wish he would have jumped out a few more times it would have been warmed up for, yeah. for the race <laughs> so he's fighting these motherfuckers at the same time and his stamina is draining fast and one of them was not able to knock him over at some point and he landed on this plant and he was so goddamn heavy that the poor plant never grew in place again. It was like crooked <laughs> forever. But, but he goes down for a second. And again, like a young Rocky Balboa. Hey, yo, I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> he fucking gets up again and starts whooping some ass. And now here's the problem. He spots a fucking car driving towards them. It's the getaway guy, because there's always a getaway guy with the car. Of course. And then the dude sees what's going on. He runs into the fucking thing. He starts driving at him. He's going to run over my dad. So what does he do? He grabs one of the guys, and he literally is like, he tells me, am I thinking he's not going to run over his own guy? So as long as I hold him out in front of me and keep him there, hopefully he'll go around. But if not, we're both dead. You know what I mean? So I'll take one with me. And so he's grabbing this guy. I think it was by the ear or the hair or something, but he's got holding right in front of him and basically playing chicken with this guy. And luckily it worked because the dude like drove kind of around him, opened the door. He's like, let him go, let him go, let him go. And then my dad like tossed the fucking guy. They speed off. My dad's exhausted and he's like leaning against the car like (laughs) 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 and fucking victory. (laughs) Now, and I know this sounds crazy and most people wouldn't even believe it, but there was a fucking witness to this 
the guy who worked the door at my school saw the whole thing and my dad and thought my dad was Rambo and it was the craziest thing. And of course he was like, Oh, I was about to come out and help you, you know, but uh, I couldn't find the key or whatever. This whole bullshit. It's oh, like, yeah, geez. yeah, yeah. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> why didn't now, you, why didn't you help? Yeah. Right. Damn me being in class. <laughs> Third grade. <laughs> Man. I should have been, re- I should have been ready. I failed yeah. him as a son. Now the yeah. craziest thing is that my dad comes to pick me up from school later in the same goddamn car, and you could see the goddamn saw marks and stuff on it. And that's when he told us the story. And we we're like, fucking whoa, dude. So that tells me a uh, little important lesson. If you're a robber in Caracas, Venezuela, or anywhere in the world, don't fuck with my dad or his stuff. Okay? It's not going to end well. Definitely not going to end well. So that one was definitely a fun one. That's my favorite one so far. Yeah, man. He was a bad motherfucker. What a badass. Okay, so let's talk about how fat you weren't. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Like, I was so not fat that my teachers gave me a certificate certifying it and uh it just took a you know a couple of pages you know what i mean to get all the way through but it was totally <laughs> not fat to say just to get all the way around what well, one could say that you were just simply more to love and easier to see which yes. i'm sure made dodgeball a lot of fun for you as a kid <laughs> Yes, everybody threw their balls at me because they loved me, right? That's what it was. They just all wanted to be my friend. You you weren't fat. It's just your diet included all the other small kids in your class. (laughs) 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 Where's Johnny? You're like, (laughs) (laughs) look, I can feel him kicking. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the way I see this. You can always lose weight, but ugly people are just fucked. So who cares? Well, no, yeah. no, I was ugly. Then my mommy and daddy bought me a new face. So maybe, maybe <laughs> your parents should have bought you some lipo, but they really cared. I, I'm just saying. That's true. Just or a paper bag, bag. whatever, you know, whatever works. <laughs> they just didn't sell bags that big at the time, you know, to wrap me around in. It just would have been a whole thing. Uh, the bag budget was just not there. At the <laughs> <time>. <laughs> you know, if you ask my Uncle Eddie, he would say, you're not fat. It's just your sexy overflow. Yes. Yeah. Overflowing your over your jeans. <laughs> yeah. Cankles over your shoes. I need to wear two sets of tidy whities just to control the overflow, just in case one burst. <laughs> your your aunts and uncles were like, for Carlito's birthday, what size shirt does he wear? And your dad was like, mine. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Hoover Dam right before uh, Katrina. You know what I mean? It was just ready to burst. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say that God made you that way, which proves that God has a sense of humor. <laughs> that's why. That's why God needed the seventh day to uh, rest because He was exhausted after making me. He's like, "Good Lord." <laughs> yeah, totes. Oh, anyways, now I got two more stories about my dad. And no, there's many more, ladies and gentlemen, but I ran it down to five just so this podcast does have an insight. Or else, you know, you're going to have to go to the bathroom eventually and you're going to feel like it's kind of rude to pause uh, because I'm talking about my dad, who is such a great soul. And it is rude to pause. So just so you know, if you have to go to the bathroom, you fucking wait until we're done talking. You be respectful. Gatorade bottles. Some of them have extra wide spouts. Yeah. Just shove your dick in that. Yeah. It might feel good. 
And if you got to poop, you better hold it. Or I hope you're not wearing skinny jeans, motherfuckers. This is for my dad, all right? So you pay attention. Fruit bastards. Yeah. <laughs> people, these, people these days, you know. <laughs> this whole thing. Anyways, <laughs> we're going on to story number four. And I call it, My Dad Ends My Soccer Career. Now, for this next story, I'm going to fast forward <laughs> a little bit to living in America. And at this point, you know, we're uh, having great times living in America. We are uh, strutting around. Uh, we're, you know, we're doing our thing. I like to live in America. And people are just so happy with us. Uh, after a brief With war, your maracas? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. After a brief war with a neighboring family and our in our slumlord uh, area where we lived, uh, and some dance offs, we were able to you know thrive and live in America. And actually, no, that's the plot to West Side Story. Sorry, I'm going to confuse myself. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes that happens in my life because I did do background work for the Steven Spielberg movie. So mm-hmm. you know, someone could say mm-hmm. that I'm a method actor and I just uh, pretended that I actually lived there for six months just to do a two-day shoot where I just stood there while Steven Spielberg farted near me because I'm pretty sure I'm just nowhere near on camera. But anyways. Yum. Uh, Could you smell it? Can you smell it and tell me what he ate for dinner that night? I wish. As soon as he farts, he has a, his people come in and they literally bottle it. They're like, oh, not you. This smells not going to the peasants, Mr. Spielberg. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be Leo DiCaprio or above to get to smell those things. Okay, so maybe one. Wait, wait, wait. Speak, speaking of pranks, you know what's funny is if you, um, if you get like let's say a plastic bag and fart in it and then hold it shut and then go to your friend and say it's helium. Say suck it up and <laughs> for your voice, right? So oh you, God! You go. Oh, I can taste your poop. <laughs> <laughs> you ever done that before? No, that's it's terrible. So funny. <laughs> oh my God! That's <laughs> that's awful. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, we're living in America now, and I think I was like thirteen, or right before I turned fourteen, something like that. But I was thirteen, two hundred pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Four foot six. <laughs> 248. Yeah. Uh, now, and I believe, I think the soccer season was coming to a close soon because for this particular weekend, for some reason, my 13 and under team was put up to play against an 18 and under team. So these guys were like so much bigger and like stronger and faster than us, which made no sense that we were playing against them. And to make the game even more unfair, they started to play fucking dirty and like slide tackling us, like hitting us, pushing us so badly that even our coach got kicked out for losing his cool. He's like, come on, man. What are you doing, ref? The ref kicked him out. And this guy was like the calmest dude I've ever seen. Like this is not a guy I'd ever expect to lose his cool. He was one of those like like if his kid got out of line, he'd be like, oh, damn it, Billy. I told you three times that you need to quiet it down so no more television from 3 p.m to 3 15 p.m and i mean it by golly he was one of those dudes yeah like like from now on you do not get to watch nickelodeon after school it's like oh no white parent 
Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much your dad. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just kidding. But anyways, uh, you know, this guy gets kicked out. And then the assistant coach takes over. And this dude had more of a temper, as he was known to. So he got kicked out within like maybe 10 minutes of getting put up. So Yikes. at this point, and man, we have no coach. So unless a parent steps up, we have to forfeit this game. And we're kind of pissed off at this point. But whatever, we want to fucking finish the goddamn game because we even got to score on these guys. So we're like, fuck you guys. We're going we're gonna to finish this game. We're not going to let you guys make us forfeit. So literally everybody just looks over to my dad because he was always at my games. The guys loved him. Coaches loved him. Plus, he knew his soccer. So, you know, he took charge. He knew what the fuck he was talking about. He'd always, like, give people good tips and stuff. So, literally, it was like a shoe-in Mr. Garcia, coach. Within seconds, though, he not only continues the issue with the ref, but he fucking escalates it. Because he realizes <laughs> that the ref can speak Spanish. So, my dad's starting a heckling campaign on, like, anything I have ever seen in comedy. You know what I mean? He called the ref like anything from an idiot to incompetent to a fucking loser to short and chubby. But then my favorite <laughs> and this calling him a clown, which is Spanish, is payaso. So literally the guy would run by and might not be like, payaso. <laughs> kind of like like in Billy Maston or, or Happy Gilmore. I mean, you'll miss this shot, jackass. Literally every yeah. time the guy was by, payaso. Payaso, payaso. <laughs> and eventually, the ref decides that he's had enough of my dad. And he doesn't kick him out, but decides to try to get tough with him. You know what I mean? Because he doesn't know who the fuck he's messing with. So why not? And this dude looked like a loser, like little meh meh. And I know I just said, don't judge book by its cover. But I knew this guy wasn't going to do shit. Everybody knew this guy was going to do shit. So my dad knew that he was not worth the effort to even hit him or do anything so when the guy like starts like saying like what is it what do you want to say to me i'm I'm standing right here to my face my dad's just laughing on him i'm gonna tell you to your face that you're a clown you're a payaso and at this point i already told my friends what is going on and they're like all like interested like yeah payaso payaso (laughs) (laughs) and the ref you know, he he wants to save face, I guess. So he walks up to my dad like he's about to try to fight him. And my dad literally doesn't actually swing at the guy. He does a fake like he's about to throw like a right hook or something. And the ref literally gets scared and he trips backwards and falls on his ass, dude. I didn't even have to throw the actual fist. He just did a fake. And the guy just literally like fell backwards in this whole like spectacle of a fall and just sat there on his ass. And literally my dad just went, see, payaso. (laughs) (laughs) It was the coolest thing ever, dude. That's awesome. And and the funny thing, there was a cop watching the entire thing too. So the ref tried to like get the cop and say shit like, you saw this, the guy was trying to assault me. And the cop was like, I've been watching this entire game. I've been watching the whole thing. And the cop spoke Spanish too. And he goes, sorry to the ref. Sorry, sir. All due respect, you were kind of acting like a payaso, you know? <laughs> and he charged your dad. Yep. And he's like, you're lucky that mm-hmm. the guy didn't hit you, anything like that. So I'm going to let this be. This game seems that it gets almost over. Uh, so, you know, let bygones be bygones and move on. 
And, you know, we all were like, yeah, payaso. <laughs> payaso. <laughs> and call it a day. Now, here's the thing. You know, obviously, my dad was able to go home and everything like that. But even though the cop noted that he was in the right, the soccer league was not going to take that one sitting down. So they sent a letter to my house addressed to my dad saying that he was not allowed at any more games this season. Not even like as a spectator? Yeah, not even like that. But the only problem is the season was over. Like I said, it was like the last fucking game of the season. So it was like, sweet, yay. <laughs> I will not be there anymore for the rest of the season, guys. Oh, what a punishment. The season's fucking over, you dipshit. It's like, it's like the last day of school getting suspended and you're like, okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, cool, it's dude. Fine. I won't be back well, next week. Yeah. <laughs> and the following season, we're going to be the famous DC sniper year. So most oh of the games God. were canceled anyways, and the team was left to die. So um, I have to say, I'm pretty glad I was able to go out uh, with a bang, as you would say. And that taught me, don't fuck <laughs> with my dad's kids, y'all, because he'll fuck your day up, son. Payaso. Payaso. <laughs> So, so that oh, that's right. Because you, your like district was pretty close to where the sniper was, because he was going yep. up north. Yep. yep. So yep. that's scary. Oh my god, that was so scary. Listeners, if you guys don't remember, the DC sniper was that shit was scary as shit. And here's horrifying the for those of us in Maryland. Uh-uh. This is how I go and I end up on that news report. Like, uh-uh, I would, I'd be that kid hiding behind the fucking tree until I saw my bus. I was like, uh-uh, you guys, all the white kids can stay out there. You guys can be the target. Yeah. I'm going to hide over here, but safe. Yeah, if he sees me behind this tree, I deserve to go. But fuck that. That's so, that was <laughs> so scary. That. And uh, when when they caught the, the duo, I think that they had a list of schools – and yeah. some of the schools in my area were like next. I was like, oh my gosh. Ooh. But they, uh, I remember people got shot like at gas stations, just mind their own business. Yeah, just like, gas like vacuuming their cars, or like filling up their tires with air. And, and the news were like, the, the media was like, oh, they're in a white van. Everybody keep a lookout for a white van. So everybody's bugging out about a white van. The cops were stopping white vans left and right. Turned out there were like some like red or maroon Cadillac, but the guy would like pull the seat out from under and shoot from the trunk of the car, which is nuts. So literally not a white man at all. Probably could have been killed looking out for white mans. So luckily I just didn't trust anybody and I just hid behind my tree and I just knew that I was cool. <laughs> so yeah. Hide behind the tree and you're good to go. Ooh, what a scary time, man. And I got my last story. The final story. <clears throat> the final one, countdown. Wait, wait, stop right there. We can't afford the rights to the song, so I can't even. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't want the. I don't want to sue. The final but this story. one right here. <laughs> yes, that's a par- That's a parody, and technically, we can do it legally. So don't come for us, Journey. Don't come for us. <laughs> and anyways, this one's called "My Dad Makes the Big Time." Like like a big, t- the turd like a big poopy. No, the big time. He makes the big time. He makes it to the big stage. Nah, oh, nah, I made a big time before it. I got on the podcast. Uh, that's the difference between a big time and the big time. You know. Oh, okay. There's a difference. Uh, I totally get that. Uh, I totally get that because I I make a big time all the time. You know, 
Julie makes the biggest times. But I guess the back <laughs> case is the because it is. Careful, she might quiet. drop your microphone. <laughs> that's true. Julie, uh, what do you, and, she, and she's been good. She hasn't even been shaking it. So that's quite the professional. She looks exhausted too. So I have to say. Because she shook uh, it she before the pot like I did. <laughs> when she did the big time. But anyways, this one, uh, my dad alluded to made it to the radio for 15 years. And this story just goes to show that you should literally always be ready to fulfill your dreams because this is the story of how he got there. Now, a fun fact about him is that he spent most of his professional career as a lawyer in Venezuela and he was great. But his dream was always to do a career in radio and entertainment. In fact, a young Guillermo Garcia was offered a starting contract at a sketch comedy show that was in TV in Venezuela. Like the <clears throat> like imagine the Venezuelan equivalent of SNL. And he turned it down though, because he wanted to focus on something more serious, quote unquote, because his dad was like a hard ass, you know. So he didn't believe the career entertainment was anything worth doing. To be fair, this was like what? In like the late 50s, probably. Uh, in Venezuela, early 60s. So I could see him being like, son, you're not going to make any fucking money. And probably would have been right. But, you know, he had the in to be on TV and he turns it down. He goes on to do his career in law. Uh, when we're living in America, he's doing real estate. The market crashes. So he's kind of on the tail end of those years. And literally, fast forward to some time and he's standing at a bank. You know, he's just in line, big ass line. He's bored out of his goddamn mind. But rather than just like standing there, like most people would do, and be like, ah, 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 he starts cracking jokes with the people in line, you know, and literally just like saying little quirky things, little funny things, little comments. And people just kind of start laughing and laughing. And by the time he gets up to the teller, He's doing like a full-on radio voice. Like, oh, finally, I thought that's how I made it up here. I'm like, uh, I felt like I had my own TV show. And he started going on like, well, hello, everybody. Welcome to blah, blah, blah. And he starts going on this fucking bullshit. And that's when someone behind him overhears him and starts paying attention to him. My dad does this little transaction. And as he goes to leave the bank, some dude like taps him on the shoulder. And he's like, hey, you. Dude, you have a great voice. Have you ever done radio? And this guy ended up either working for a station or owning his own radio station. But he was basically like, come to my radio station. It's a Spanish radio station. I think you'd be great. You could be like co-host of a show. And, or like you can like be like, not, not co-host at the time, but you can like test it out. See if, if you do well. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll have you do like something here and there on the side. And I was like, sure, hell yeah, why not? My dad fucking killed it. So then he ended up getting to co-host the show. And then after that, he ended up hosting his own show. Then he ended up going to a bigger radio station, started making connections, going to other radio stations, working with different people here and there. And he ended up staying in radio for 15 years until the very end of his life, building a ton of loyal listeners along the way, who sent the kindest messages to him when they found out that he was sick. And this Aww. is after he obviously had to stop doing the radio. Yeah. Like he had, to, he had to stop doing his show for 
while he was snaking stuff, but he was doing a podcast that me and him started together uh, once a week. And people just started leaving him these voice memos and stuff that I made sure to play for him and during his last few days. And he absolutely loved because he worked to be good to them. He worked to create awesome content. He worked to make sure that he was well-kept on, on the news and all these things. I was going to ask so, you what the content was. Was it like current events or was it political stuff or yeah, all the it was above? like current events and yeah, exactly all the above. And but he, his thing was, I have an audience who often is given news in a way where they don't really get how it affects them and what the hell is going on. So he would always talk about something in particular amidst all the news, but he would relate it back to how does this affect you? You know what I mean? Like how. Uh, does something going on in the Middle East have anything to do with you? Here, the guy who works in a sh- in a grocery store in Rockville, Maryland. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. uh, he would be do it in such a way that you know he built trust among them. And at the same time, he was funny and entertaining. And so you know he'd have a, a musical guest come to the show, and and there was these young people, but they would end up loving him because of his humor and the way that he would mess around. So he just built this radio personality that was so beloved, but so wise and so smart that people just like wanted to hear him talk. And it was it was just noticeable when you would hear him work. And he loved it. He loved his stuff. And he was fucking good, man. He was so good at it. Like I loved watching him work. Because he was so talented and he would light up as soon as he was on a microphone. And honestly, I'm glad that he was able to get to his passion later on in his life. And it just taught me the one of the biggest lessons that I could ever get from him, which is always be kind to others, be yourself at all times, and believe in your dreams because you never know when they're going to happen. My dad literally decides to be like everybody else in that line. And it's just like, I'm going to stand there and huff and puff like every other. And literally doesn't end up on radio for 15 years. All because he just decided to be himself. So do it and be kind and be good and be fun and be spontaneous and try different things and and do things that honor the, the wishes of your inner child, man, because that is what he did all his life and that's what he passed upon me. And he lived a hell of a life, man, where if I can get to the end of my road and say I lived half the life he did, I'm going to say I did a good job. So if my dad ever teaches you guys anything is be be fun, laugh. You know, to be overly optimistic amongst odds that don't seem like they're on your side. Yeah, that's be the gay. life that he always had. Be super gay. Bang all the dudes <laughs> you want. Suck 12 dicks at a time if you have to. Wait, well, no, sorry. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Okay, so what's, what's going on with this radio show now? I, I wonder, you should go to the studio and be like, hey, guys, um, it looks like my dad left the show to me in the will. So um, <laughs> yeah. don't worry. I have all the equipment I need. Yeah, right. Nah, I, I, it's it's over and done with at this point. Uh, it was time for him to move on. So that's a, it was a great time for him to start the pod. So, you know, his, uh, well, the name of the show, we own it. He owns it. It's his show. So it's still alive. We'll see what happens. Maybe I will do a little homage to him on there. But I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what the future holds for his show. The show was in Spanish, right? It was in Spanish. It was in Spanish. Okay, so. so so you can do that. Yeah, it would just be tough shoes to fill, to be honest. It's like, 
he was so goddamn good at what he did that I don't even know that I could even begin to try to do what he did. Now, I'm great at my space. I don't know that I'm necessarily saying that he could always do what I did, per se. You know what I mean? Because I'm pretty goddamn talented in my own way. But his, uh, his, he was so goddamn good at being at doing what he did that I just don't know that I could. Even Does your brother do have justice. any um, star quality or not so much? Nah, that's why I actually <laughs> don't want him on the show. <laughs> but even, no, but even used, better not. But he, but he used these pictures that they gave him. I gave him pictures of him. They're like, nah. We, <laughs> Next. No, just kidding. He, he's Next. just that's that's just not the, the life that he wants. He's literally just never had any inclination towards it. Uh, I think he likes that kind of stuff, but he's just you know he he wants to do his stuff in the business sector. So good for him. Go for it, and I will be the star of the family. Because I cannot share my spotlight anyway, so fuck him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is my show, damn it. Stop talking about him. <laughs> well, I'm I'm you know, obviously we're all bummed to hear about your dad, but you know, I think God likes to um maintain diversity in heaven. And yeah. uh yeah, now maybe maybe God will learn some Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough out of swans up there, so it was his turn to go. But yeah, I uh, I can tell you that I know for a thousand percent certainty that he is at peace and he's happier now that he's not fighting this terrible disease. Uh, he, you know, he was just one of those guys to, that made sure to get everything done that he needed to before he went. And that's how I want to go, to be honest, because I can, again, a thousand percent certainly tell you that he was happy and at peace. And now he's busting God's balls up there. And uh, hopefully I won't see him too soon because I do have certain amount of things that I want to accomplish on this on this plane. But when the time comes, I can't wait to see him again. So Aww. on that note, make sure you gave us a follow on all social channels at Frat Chat Podcast. That's on Instagram. That's on Facebook. That's on Twitter. Follow our amazing YouTube channel at tiny.cc slash Frat Chat Podcast. New content coming on that very, very soon and all the goddamn time. So make sure you follow it. Oh, yeah. And make sure you check me out at Carlos Does the World. That's on Instagram. That's on Facebook. That's on TikTok. Check me out at Carlos Does World on Twitter and check out my YouTube page at tiny.cc slash Carlos Does the World. And last but not least, check out my good old buddy Seymour over there. Check him out at Seymour Comedy on Twitter. I don't know why he's wiggling his fingers like that, uh, especially <laughs> freshly washed hair. Uh, it's kind of yeah. unsettling. I combed it straight, but it just curls up as it dries like pubic hair. <laughs> It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Make sure you follow him on Instagram at chris.more.comy. Oh, yeah. And on that note, Mr. Mo, it was a beautiful day here at the Franchise Podcast. So get us on out of here. I like to motion to adjourn this meeting. And I second. All right. Rest in peace, Mr. Garcia and Carlos. Our thoughts and prayers with you and your family. Uh, Thank you, sir. And uh, real thoughts and prayers, not like the Republican Party's thoughts and prayers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have clarified. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. We'll be back next week. See ya. See ya.